We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by M-Prize Bank, your partner in Possible. Who you do business with is more important than where they're located. Bank from the comfort of your own home with M-Prize Bank. Coming up, the latest episode of the KC Laboratory Podcast with Ken Swanson, Craig Stout, and Matt Lane. Coming to you on the fastest growing sports media network in Kansas City. You can find all of our channels covering all the local teams wherever you listen to podcasts or on YouTube. Just search KCSN. And now, the latest episode of the KC Laboratory. It's a live edition of the KC Laboratory presented by Enterprise Bank member FDIC. Matthew Lane, hello, how are we, how are we doing? But you coming in, coming in with a quick little uh, heater right there. That's a quick intro now. I like You're, it. It's, nice. it's the new thing, man. We got the, we got the new bumpers going from Emprise Bank, and so we're just jumping right into it. The Andy Reid just scripted plays right off the top. We're just coming out going for the throat. I just I wonder if we hit a, a second drive stall, Craig. Uh, it's it wasn't a second drive stall, guy. <laughs> Let's be real here. Yeah, because it, it was, was a field goal. no no. Field I'm gonna goal. I'm gonna save it. I'm gonna save it. We're, we'll get into it. But oh, we're going to talk about that game? Yeah, sure? we're going to talk about that game. Okay. I think people want to hear about that game. They want to talk about that Do game. They, they want to talk about how the Chiefs are going to wrap up the AFC West for the seventh straight year this weekend against the Houston Texans. We'll get to that later this weekend. Unfortunately, Craig skipping the Monday show all together. We're getting to the game preview. Let's do it. I missed the game preview right, last time. week. So let's go. Might prediction well. time, folks. <laughs> Thanks to everybody watching, uh, listening. Uh, hit the like button. Uh, hit the subscribe button if you are watching this live. If you are listening to this on, say, uh, Apple, please leave a five-star review. It helps us grow the channel as well. There's all kinds of different ways you can help support Casey's Sports Network. Hitting that like button. Hit the subscribe button. Leave the comments. Leave a five-star review. All that stuff is all very beneficial as we continue to grow KC Sports Network. And we got 18 Chiefs shows on going right now during the season uh that's an insane amount of uh, of chiefs content for you so the chiefs i, I don't want to say they blow a 27 nothing lead they didn't trail at any point in the game <laughs> it's, they didn't blow it true uh they made it a little bit more interesting than we thought they would the dust has cleared a little bit on this game I, if there's anything stronger than burn the tape I would like to let's let's shoot the Craig. I would like you to design yet another rocket ship mm. and send that that tape to space, then hack into the NFL's main free frame and just delete it from all its records. I just I don't know that. If how do you I'm feel? in the NFL's mainframe, Mister <laughs> Computer Science Wiz? If I'm in there, I, I got much better things to do with my time in there than to delete the tape of that. Like you know maybe fix the terrible all 22 product that they have give us all the you know the the emotion data that's uh, that's all out there like there's way more constructive things i could do with my time than burning the tape of the broncos game well i I feel like that'd be up there pretty high (laughs) well craig's gonna work on that uh but in the meantime we're gonna be talking about cheese broncos a little bit here we have to uh, contractually obligated. I, I don't know. Any, anything changed over the last 30 hours for you, Maddie? 
Uh, I mean, first of all, I, I want to shout out, you know, Brent, Melissa, Kenny, Terrence. Thank you guys. Wyoder, thank you guys for all showing up early. We appreciate you guys, you know, coming to hang out with us instead of watching whatever this Monday night product may or may not be. Um, I have not watched one in about 10 weeks or whatever the last time the Chiefs played on Monday night. You're missing uh, out. Maddie, Maddie missed Thursday night football. He missed the Baker yeah. comeback last week because he refuses to watch Thursday night football. Thank you. Yeah, there's no, anyway. no college football. Didn't care. Um, we were out. Uh, so out. Okay, so. I don't, I don't think it's a burn the tape game, right? Like I want to say, oh, first of all, I want to say thank you guys for joining us. I don't think it's a, a burn the tape game. I think it was, just, it was the chaos game. It was just a game that was just completely chaotic. Weird things happened for both the offense, the defense, good, bad. I don't know if you can realistically say burn the tape. Cause I don't think the chiefs came out and just played abysmal football. I don't think they came out and just played great football. I don't think the Broncos came out and played great football or terrible football. I just, it was a game full of chaos with a lot of high swings left, right, up, down, however you want to call it. And the Chiefs came out on top. So, like, yeah, the way it went, the timeline really sucked as a fan <laughs> to go up big and almost lose and come back and whatever all this was. But it was just, it was a chaotic divisional game. That is what it is. I actually think there's probably some stuff from this game you can use for the Chiefs going forward, good and bad. Yeah, absolutely. And, when you rewatch the game, and I don't know if anybody has really kind of felt like that if you're a Chiefs fan. Broncos fans are, are re-watching it like crazy right now. This is the biggest glimmer I hope they've had all season. But the, if you rewatch it as a Chiefs fan, knowing that that 27 to nothing lead is going to dissipate, it makes it so much easier to see some of the positives that were in the second half. I think everybody was sitting there the entire second half just being like, this sucks. This sucks. We shouldn't be in this position. The Chiefs should have closed it down. It should be over already. You know, and I get it. Totally understand. I'll get to kind of all of that there. But if you watch the second half, there there are enough highlights from the second half, especially on defense, to fill some games, some previous Chiefs games with defensive highlights. There really are. There's a lot of good things that happened in this game, I know everybody's going to remember the touchdown that happened late in the game there that got the Broncos back in it. That was that was the Trent McDuffie, you know, PI that technically is PI, but they didn't call the one earlier in the game. Real saw PI, whatever the case may be. But they forced punt, punt, allowed that touchdown, punt, interception on defense. And you would think coming out of this game, especially with the way that that second half went, that the defense allowed touchdown, 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 touchdown. And again, when you remove the fact that they were up so big and you're just kind of watching it in the vacuum of, hey, okay, it came out after half, it reset, here's what they had to do. It's so much better of a performance than anybody's really giving it credit for right now. I would say like there's some truth to that more on the defensive side. Uh, than the yes. offensive side for sure. Like yeah. if we're looking in the defensive goggles, which I refuse to do, uh, I I I I just it's a scary uh, yeah no to look into there yeah there's there's I mean there's there is some high level I mean I, I think we can actually explain away some things on the defensive side of the ball uh, and we'll get to that in a, I mean do you want to start with defense because I could also go in on why we can absolve the defense a little bit too so I don't know what what do you want to go. We can start defense, but I'm not absolving anybody. Let me be very, very, very clear. <laughs> She's had a lot of bad. I mean, like, they, yes, they forced some three and outs in the second half. They also gave up two 70-yard touchdown drives to the Denver Broncos, one of which was, what, Brett Ripien coming in. and You know, so, like, yeah, I don't want to absolve the defense here. I just think there was some, there was definitely some good and definitely some bad. But, yeah, start, start with the defense, Craig. Kick us off. All right. Well, we're going to start with the worst part of the defense uh, right there around the half. There were three minutes and 50 seconds of this game that went about as bad as you could have had them go for the Chiefs. The two turnovers, obviously, by Patrick Mahomes, really bad. But the scoring drives for the Broncos. I mean, the Broncos got the ball back after that first interception with 2.53 left in the game. Chiefs, all they got to do, try and extend this out. Do not allow a quick score. Try and try and keep as many points off the board as possible. Even if you allow a field goal, that's fine. Even though the Broncos are getting the ball back, you know, after the half, that's fine. Do what you can do there. They allow a score in a minute and 18 seconds. Then to compound it, another interception, they turn around and allow a touchdown in 57 seconds with nine seconds left to go. 
come back immediately after that. And again, this is span of three minutes and 50 seconds, allow a one minute and 50 second drive. That is unacceptable. It doesn't matter what offense you're playing. You can't allow that many scoring drives in that short amount of time. And that is the entire reason why everybody's pointing at this defense and saying they are terrible. So many people want to fire spags today. And it comes from this amount of time. It comes from less than 10% of the game. And I get it. I understand why. But take a step back here. Nine of 13 drives ended in a punt or an interception. Yes, this is a bad offense. That is the most that the Chiefs have had, tied for the most, all season long. Six sacks, most the Chiefs have had all season long. Two interceptions, tied for the most that they've had in any game all season long. Those are things that they haven't done well. Gotten off the field, turned the ball over, pressured the quarterbacks, and gotten sacks. Those are really, really exceptionally positive indicators. Doesn't matter how bad the offense is. That's what better defenses than the bad offense make them look like. And that's what they did for most of the game. And I know, again, you got to focus on this little bit here because it was so bad. But the rest of it right there was really impressive to see by this defense. So I, I'm going to push back a tiny bit here. Uh, Yes, it was off of turnovers. Um, it wasn't like these were 20-yard drives. It was a 42-yard no. drive and a 60-yard <laughs> drive. They they went some distance on both of those. Yeah. And if we go through and look at it, 17 yards to Jerry Judy, 18 yards to Jerry Judy for a touchdown. There was a nine-yard play in there. There's one they kept on their 10. That's nice. 13-yard run by yep. Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson, 19-yard run. Russell Wilson, 14-yard pass. They're giving up chunk plays to an offense that cannot move the football. Oh, and I, I get it. This is this small section. What happened right after half, though? 75 yard mm -hmm. touchdown drive. Mm -hmm. Granted, it was a 66 yard screenplay. But you know what else happened before that? Another 14 yard pass to Jerry Judy before the screenplay. Now, I mean, so it's it's a little bit more than just coming straight off those turnovers. The Broncos put three straight drives together that were essentially centered around not just explosive plays, but at least being dy a dynamic offense. They were not consistently picking up five, six, seven yards. It was nothing, nothing chunk, nothing, nothing chunk, nothing, nothing big play. Like that's what they did for those three straight drives. Now, Craig's point, the chiefs come back where they forced two, three and outs right after that, before the touchdown drive, they forced another three and out, then an interception. So they rebounded very well from this stretch, but it was really rough to watch an offense that is not known for explosive plays whatsoever this year, <laughs> just start chucking them up and slicing the chiefs up with them in this time period. Like I said, it would be one thing if both these interceptions happened in the chiefs 20 yard line in their own red zone. And they gave them these really, really short fields. The Broncos still had to get over a hundred yards between those two drives. Then they followed up with another 70 yard drive all on the backs of kind of explosive plays. So I think that is something to keep your eye on. Do the Chiefs, if they are getting pressure, if they, I don't know how much they were blitzing in this game. It didn't seem like it was a crazy amount, but this, their game that they got their most pressure in is also a game that they seem to give up the most chunk plays to a very bad offense in a little while. I mean, besides the Bengals that, who just thrashed them. Yeah. Uh, you ready for the something that uh, the KC Laboratory uh, Analytics Department has been able to pull up? in the middle of this show while Craig and Matthew were talking. Jo uh, Joseph is joining us? Oh, well, this, this case... You can slide out if he's here. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. From the KC Laboratory in-show analytics department, the Broncos had scored two touchdowns since Halloween before scoring four against the Chiefs. Yep. Hashtag analytics. Uh, <laughs> that's bad. <laughs> that's real bad. And... Let, let the record show hashtag analytics. I don't know if I ever felt the game was in question. Like even, even when it got close, it just kind of felt like the chiefs were still going to pull it out. Like, I just, I don't know if I ever felt at any point that they were really going to lose that game. I know it was a one score game for a while. It was just more frustrating and annoying than it was like, okay. Uh, the, the, the chiefs are. So, uh, I don't know why I added that little caveat, but I did, but I want to ask you guys. Let's just go around the room. Who's the who's the biggest? Like, what what's the biggest issue still for the Chiefs on the defensive side of the ball moving forward? Matthew. Yes. Yes. I pick one. <laughs> yep. Yes. 
What do you want me to pick? There's one on every single level. Pick I don't one. Know. I asked you to I, pick one. I think that is the wrong way to look about look at it because every single thing's interconnected here. So what do you want me to say? Oh, the pass rush stinks. They have to blitz. Like, yeah, cool. That'd be fine. That's what they've done every other year under Steve Spagnuolo. But guess what? The coverage held up better. So now the coverage can't hold up in order for them to blitz. Okay, so it's the coverage's fault. But wait a second. In the past, there was a chance for them to rush forward and maybe get pressure once in a while. Now, unless Chris Jones is going up against a rookie who has no chance to block him, they get no pressure rushing for, right? Like, that's not a Chris Jones shot. He's been phenomenal this year. I just mean they can't consistently get pressure with four. They can't consistently cover an opponent. And, oh, hey, guess what? The linebackers still really stink in coverage, and it's gotten so bad that Darius Harris is getting multiple series a game now. So, like, you asked me to pick a specific thing. I cannot. It's all connected right now. And they are. this is Steve Spagnuolo's worst defense he's had in Kansas City. Okay, that's so- – so is it, is it Steve Spagnuolo? Is it personnel? Like, there could be a problem. There could be an offensive problem. I said problem. yes. I answered <laughs> yes to your question. I don't know what else you want from me. I Okay. Great answer, Matt. I mean, the, here's the funny part. You guys you guys know, you probably haven't looked. I, I know that I had the tweet that I posted a while back, and then it just kind of got out of hand there for a little while that the Chiefs were fourth in the NFL in sacks. Right now, they're third <laughs> in the NFL I in know. sacks. Elite now, pass rush. Team right below them <laughs> is the Patriots, and the Patriots right now have a sack on the night. If they get two uh, more, they tie the Chiefs, and a third pushes the Chiefs down to fourth. But that's not the whole story of this. Some of that's coming from blitzing. Some of that is coming from Chris Jones. I say the four-man rush, but it's been kind of spread out with everybody else. I mean, pretty much everybody else has about the same number of sacks. Mike Dana, Frank Clark, George Karloftis, Carlos Dunlap. Those guys all have roughly about the – even Colin Saunders getting two and a half. Brandon Williams gets half a sack yesterday. Oh. I mean, they, they're spreading the love around on the defensive line there, but it's not as consistent as it is – for Chris Jones. And as Justin put in the chat here, the Chiefs are 25th in defensive DVOA or were 25th in defensive DVOA going into Denver. That is going to probably drop. And that that is a more relative indication of where the Chiefs really are. And DVOA has never been kind to Steve Spagnuolo's defenses in Kansas City, even the good ones. He was not in the top half. So it's not one of those that you look at and go, hey, he he can rebound. He's got time to do this. He gives up a ton of yards. He gives up a ton of field position. He doesn't do a particularly good job of, of caring about coming up with stops. He'd rather allow the clock to run in the opposing offense's hand than it to be in the Chiefs' offense hand with the clock running. Part of that's the way that the Chiefs' offense is built. You know, for a number of years, there was Spagnolo. He didn't have a great running game. So trying to run the clock wasn't as great. So you allowed the other offense to run the clock with three and four yard passes and not really allowing much points on the board. But it's kind of falling apart a little bit. Part of that's because of rookies. Part of that's because he's have all these other guys, all these new guys on the same defense. And then part of it is because there are guys out there that they are hoping step into leadership roles, hoping step into playmaker roles that have not just simply tackling have roles. not tackling roles, whatever the role you want to be. The biggest playmakers that this defense has right now are Chris Jones, the Sneed, Nick Bolton and Willie Gay Jr. And I'm going to put them in that exact order right there. And Legarius need mostly because of how he's weaponized throughout the field. You could make the argument that Nick Bolton has made more plays than him. That's fine. I don't care. But those are your four guys. Three of those guys play at the second level of this defense. That That is hard to do when you don't have somebody in your secondary that's a playmaker. Trim McDuffie, we'll see. You know, playmaker-wise, we'll see. But they don't have a safety that's making plays. They don't have another corner that's really making plays. They don't they have one defensive lineman that's making plays. It's really tough to get a lot of impact from a defense like this if you have guys at the second level that are the ones that you are constantly relying on to be, hey, go out, make a play, make a splash impact, be the guy that creates the negative here because it's probably not coming from somewhere else and in this defense there has to be negatives for them to stay ahead of the sticks 
because if you don't get a negative, chances are it's four, five, six yards. And so it's really tough to count on just a select group of guys, especially when one of them is constantly being rotated out every single game for a single two, three drives for this week. You're listening to the fastest growing sports media network in Kansas City, KC Sports Network. We'll be back right after this. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network. So I'm kind of just looking here a little bit. I'm, I'm doing uh, the uh, the KC Laboratory in-show analytics department uh, has been looking at some other metric metrices, uh, as Craig would probably is, call them. Is this where Joseph comes in? Well, uh, I'm looking at turnover differential for this team. And the Chiefs have been top 10 since Mahomes took over every single year, I believe. I'm looking at it right now. And I think he's been top 10 in every single season that he's, that he's, uh, I think the lowest might even be like eight. Uh, this team, I think that's telling a pretty big story. I think 10, maybe 10. Uh, they're not turning the ball over on defense. You talk about playmakers. Not turn the ball over very much on the defensive side of the ball. Also turn the ball over a pretty good chunk as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're bottom 10. They're in the bottom third of the league in both categories. Takeaways and turning the ball over right now. That's a problem that both and share. one 10 games. I know. <laughs> I know. And two of them, at least two of them are on special teams. Mm-hmm. Uh but I just, I, yeah, you talk about you talk about like making plays on the football. Like I wonder if that's something that will just go a long way in 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 helping this football team. If they can start making more plays on the football in the second half of the season or in the last third of the season, I guess at this point. Because hey, look, getting a possession or two, still in a possession or two, put a little bit more heat on on the opposing team, put a little bit more pressure on the opposing team. Maybe that kind of helps all these numbers, you know, help, you know, improve just ever so slightly. I wonder, you know, with this with this young secondary, I feel like it's a little bit more difficult to make plays on the football, though. Right. Because I they're they're just holding on for dear life. I think just to just to be, um, you know, to be playing at this level this late in the season. Right. And so, like, you just wonder if maybe just ha- as much as they're getting thrown at them. You, know, you talk about Craig you know, maybe not being as exotic as they'd like to be the 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 growth the development the solution might just be the, the back seven in the in the secondary specifically just get more confident maybe that's something where steve spagnola trusts them more they they can play a little bit with a little bit more freedom and feel like they can make more plays on the football like i i don't know i'm trying to find i'm trying to find the solution well i mean and, and uh, there's maybe some credence to that because the chiefs are eighth in passes defense on the year they're Mm. they're eight they're doing a good job at getting in the lanes now that does include the at the line of scrimmage which i do feel like the chiefs 
defensive line is doing a much better job of that this year. Chris Jones has always been good at it, but George Karloftis kind of coming out of nowhere a little bit from that perspective and, and doing a good job doing that. But did you know he played water polo? I did know that he played water okay. polo, Maddie. But thank checking. you for checking in. I maybe there's some people that didn't. <laughs> I forgot. No, he's <laughs> But they're 23rd in interceptions. So, I mean, like, they're, they're getting near a lot of them. They're deflecting a lot of them. And you see that. Like, it's a lot of stuff where they're raking through the hands of the wide receiver or it's on a slant and they're in the hip pocket and they're able to get their hand out in front of the play. But it's rarely that you see these guys in a position where they can jump a route or you can, you know, you can have an opportunity to really make a play on a ball in a, a turnover kind of way. Now, that's not atypical for Steve Spagnuolo cornerbacks as of late, but it is at atypical of the safeties. Like that's where Tyra Matthew was so elite was being able to read out that route distribution, adjust his coverage responsibility right before the snap, move somebody over and cut the route that he knew the offense was going to turn to and be able to jump that route and make a play for, for everything that everybody said about him. He was elite at doing just that. And that's where they were able to make up all these turnovers. That's where they were able to create all these plays. And that's where they were able to force quarterbacks to hold on to the ball a little bit, reduce some of these chunk plays. They just don't have that guy right now that can make those sorts of impactful plays in the secondary. And it sucks because if you had literally one guy in the secondary that could do that, it would go so much further for this defense to be able to make those sort of changes and give the ball back to Patrick Mahomes. So, I mean, to, to some of those points, I guess, uh, uh, whatever we're calling this in-house analytics department has sent over some information to me. Um, <laughs> George Karloftis, six pass breakups. Mm -hmm. Willie Gay, five. Not a defensive lineman, but I mean, a lot of those have come from him jumping up and tipping passes at the line yep. of scrimmage. Chris Jones, four pass deflections. Carlos Dunlap, four pass deflections. Like that's a lot of pass breakups coming from guys that are doing it at the line of scrimmage. So I do think that probably inflates the passes deflected kind of number a little bit. And I was looking at it. It goes beyond just this year. So the first two years under Steve Spagnuolo, the Chiefs were fifth in the NFL in interceptions. They were fifth in the interception in 2019 and in 2020. Last year in 2021, they had fallen down to 12. Now it's not a big drop or anything like that, but they did start to slide down in terms of their interceptions. However, they were first in the NFL in forced fumbles, a stat that is very unpredictable and very hard to remain consistent mm. in. So they yes. still had a really good turnover margin last year because they forced 14 fumbles and there is nothing you can do to replicate that success, right? So like, I think last year we started to see that turnover ability of the defense go away. What was one of the biggest things that changed last year? Well, one, four-man pass rush started to, show, started to fall off a little bit. The, Frank Clark became a lot less good than he had been even previous to that. They lost any you know guy they had across from him that was attempting to rush the passer. It was really bad. And we saw Tyron Matthew maybe start to lose the step. We saw the guy that was brought in to be that playmaker, that guy that was caught in, brought in to add fear into opponents trying to throw the ball wherever they wanted to. Maybe he lost half a step last year. Maybe he wasn't playing his best. All of a sudden, I think you started to see signs pointing to this turnover, this lack of turnover creation on defense showing. You try to address that this offseason, but going back to Craig's point from 10 minutes ago, who are the playmakers on this team? A 5'11 linebacker with under 32-inch arms? Like, that's one of your main playmakers is Nick Bull. Now, I'm, I don't mean, again, this isn't a knock. It's just a short, stubbier linebacker who's not been known for his coverage ability is one of your top playmakers to see. This isn't a Fred Warner. This isn't a Darius Leonard that is a, you know, six foot three, six foot four long arm player that excels in coverage. It's a run stuffing linebacker that's out there 100% of the snaps. And he is arguably your second best playmaker on this entire defense. Yeah, of course, you're not coming away with a lot of turnovers, especially in the passing game when that's your next guy up. Legereus Sneed, flashed great ability to take the ball away as a rookie. It's been a little hit or miss since then, actually. Mm -hmm. He's had some issues where he hasn't played the ball great. And if you're going to put a guy in the slot, he's going to spend a whole lot of time playing man-to-man -man coverage with his back to a quarterback and not really just getting to read stuff out and make plays. Juan Thornhill, Justin Reed, these outside corners right now, they strike zero fear into opposing offenses of putting the ball in danger. There's no fear of putting the ball in danger against the Chiefs. And half the time, unless you're being blitzed, and more than half the time, the four-man pass rush isn't making you hurry up and put the ball in danger. 
offenses are not forced to put the ball into dangerous places and they're not afraid to put them into dangerous places against the Chiefs because the personnel just isn't forcing them to. I think it's that part of it's pretty simple. And unfortunately for them, the offenses turn the ball over a little bit more often than you would like them to. And that has led to this relatively big difference in turnover margin this year. Hey, do you guys remember when the 2015 Chiefs had 22 interceptions? 20, 22 on the season. 22. Marcus Peters with eight of those sweet babies. Ah, my goodness. That was a fun time. I just thought that, you know, we were being kind of negative. Let's bring it up a little bit. Yeah, let's talk about that offense let's of 2015. Hey, look. Oh. <laughs> look, I mean, I know it's, it's kind of weird because the defense I wouldn't call the the problem with that game last no. yesterday. And but it, you know, there's there's it, things to address it, about the. It, it was it was for nine percent of the game. <laughs> there's things to address about it, and hey, look, we always try to look at this as this is how this team could lose the Super Bowl, or lose their chance at a Super Bowl. Or this is how things lower their sitting. 25th in DVOA. Sounds about right to me. Um, on the defensive side of the ball. Offense wasn't good yesterday. But was it more Mahomes wasn't good? Or was it the offense wasn't good? Because like I because like I'm I'm watching that game and like we talked about some key contributors and like I know Maddie, like I know one thing you're gonna want to harp on when it comes to the offense as a whole, I think, because you kind of brought it up a little bit on the post game show yesterday, but you don't know me. Oh, wow. Uh, I just, I feel like, I feel like a, a big piece of this was just some really untimely turnovers from Patrick Mahomes. But do you, do you feel like there's more to it, Matthew? Yes, probably. I don't, I, mean, I don't think Patrick Mahomes played good. I think it was evident from the beginning. He was, his placement was a little off. I don't think he was bad. I don't think he wasn't being able to hit anything, but his placement was a little off. You saw, even you want to call the third down slant where I think he wanted MVS to sit down, but he still threw it high. Even if MVS sits down, that ball still comes out high and it's a wide open four yard throw and it just came out hot and it came out high. That's what he kind of did all game. He's just, the placement was just a little bit off. He was throwing the ball a little too hard and a little high. He was throwing the ball too late and it was going into coverage. And Travis Kelsey has a few drops. None of them were perfect throws but they were all catchable and Travis Kelsey is unable to bring them in. Like you can put a little bit on him. You can put a little bit of that on Mahomes, whoever you want. I don't think the chiefs best players on offense played great games. I think a lot of role players played really good games. I think a lot of guys that you want to say, if Juju Smith Schuster plays that good, if Isaiah Pacheco plays that good, if Trey Smith plays that good, these guys, Noah Gray, these guys that fulfills, fulfill specific roles, play that good. You expect that offense to just roll. It just, when it happens to come with one of Mahomes, I got in trouble for, on Twitter from Chiefs fans for saying it's one of his worst games of his career, but some of the, the lows in that game were some of his worst lows that he's had in the NFL. Mm -hmm. There was also really good highs to go with it, so maybe that kind of changes it, but the lows were really bad. And then you add on Travis Kelsey's couple bit of drops and the pre the pass protection unable to sort out some of the Broncos blitzes and then whatever happened on the blitz pickup where they tried to Mahomes tried to run away from it it was called the sprint down and it wasn't like they just the best players didn't play the best game whereas offensively I think a lot of role players played really good and then this is still what you get the Chiefs score 30 some points and it somehow looks that bad with those turn three turnovers only 27 on offense against one of the best defenses in football thank you very much one of the worst defenses yeah. since their bye week that's okay I mean, theory, technically, the, the Broncos offense did outscore the Chiefs offense, but uh, that's neither here nor there. Um, <laughs> I missed when the score was Willie Gay 6, Broncos 0. I <laughs> loved when the score was Willie Gay. We I missed spend, that. Well, I'll tell you what. Let's spend the next 30 minutes just talking about Willie Gay's interception. It was that great. No. Um, the Yeah, and Maddie didn't even mention Jarek McKinnon, who seven catches for 112 Oversight. yards. Absolutely outstanding. The from an offensive perspective, I can understand how you can watch this game, definitely look and say, and Patrick had even admitted it. He's like, listen, man, my, my team picked me up today. Like it wasn't as good. Our team picked me up. That That's fine. You know, you, you know that Patrick Mahomes is going to be better than he showed against the Broncos. You, you unequivocally know that. You know that Travis Kelsey is going to be better than what he showed against the Broncos. Those are the two guys that you're probably looking at the hardest right now and going, man, well, those two guys did play just a little bit better. If those two guys played a little bit better, 
and they got the kind of production that they did out of their, their quote-unquote yeah. role players holy crap this is a 50 <laughs> point game like yeah. it, it it was that close to breaking wide open because of that because of those couple of plays because of that sort of impact that was made by Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey not playing particularly well. And coming out of that game, I see a lot of people that are, no, you know, we've got to blame the defense. Defense is to blame. All this, plenty of blame to go around for everybody. The offense is part of that 9% of, of the game there where they where things just went horribly wrong. But you have faith in Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey showing up against the Houston Texans this next weekend and just putting on a clinic, you know, absolutely putting on a show, Travis Kelsey catching 10 balls for 130 yards and three touchdowns. Like it, it, all of us almost expect that sort of thing. And that's where I'm going with this. We just expect perfection from those two at this point. And so it is so to the Chiefs to be fair. That's how they built yeah, their I mean, entire team for them yep. to be perfect. That's exactly what it is. You can't, they even said it, during the broadcast about this defense it's like this defense is built to play with a lead i i will argue that this year just because there's some atypical stuff right now but <laughs> it has been that's how brett veach and company have built this defense they built it to protect a lead they want patrick mahomes to run up the score they want to get the pass rush and the blitz going they want to force turnovers they want to get it back to patrick mahomes so he can run up the score even more that's the goal because it does revolve around them. And when they aren't perfect, it doesn't matter how the team plays as a whole because there's so many good things that happen on offense. But it doesn't matter how the team played as a whole. You come away from that game just with a sour taste in your mouth because you expect perfection. You expect all-world performance every time they set foot on the field because we have been absolutely spoiled with all-world all world performance almost every time they've been on the field. I was about to go that we are spoiled absolutely rotten because on a day where Mahomes puts one, like Andrew Siciliano said it the best, I believe it was Andrew Siciliano. That play, the no look uh, <laughs> State Farm Andy Reid flip, uh, credit uh, Rob Collins, Fox 4 for catching that. Uh, that play is probably going to be on his highlight reel in Canton. Whenever he's inducted into the Hall of Fame. And in that game, he throws three interceptions, and we're just like, oh, wow. Like, this is like that. That game might have been on Mahomes. The reason that was close was on Mahomes, all this stuff, right? Like, it's just insane to just like, we are just insanely spoiled. We had what, like, a top 10, 15 Mahomes moment, and we're talking about interceptions. I do. There's one thing I want to address with the interceptions, too. Two of them came at the hands of Josie Jewell. I think. Mahomes thought he was going to be it was two to Josie Jewell, wasn't it? You looked at mm -hmm. me confused, yes. Matthew. I was like, uh, and I was, I, I'm, I'm interested to see how you spin this, or it's not terrible. No, it's not that it's not terrible, they're <laughs> okay. still really bad. The second one was one of his worst decisions I've ever seen him make. Yes, I think yes. that ball gets picked by three different guys. Like, if oh, yeah. you would, if you would just <laughs> run that play back four times and gave all four guys that were in the in 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 play a chance to make a play on that football they all four might have come down with an interception it was a really really bad decision yep. more about the first one though i i wonder if josie jewel had a little bit more discipline because it felt like mahomes was trying to move him and he like move him a little bit more than he did and I almost wonder if Josie Jewel, I'm gonna say baited him but was disciplined enough to hang in there and not just take the candy you know, take the take the eye candy that Mahomes was given with a little bit of uh, it. Kind of just and even even and it, look again. Four people make the make a play on that football <laughs> if Josie Jewell does it. But even then, like it felt like he stayed a little bit more disciplined there and wasn't going to be moved. It was just simply like, hey, look, you want me to move? I'm just not going to. And something good happened twice. Uh, I'm actually gonna write a, bit, a little bit about it. But it, honestly, I I kind of want to give Josie Jewell a little bit of credit. Because I think he just like fought instinct and tendency a little bit just to just to to stay in a passing lane that Mahomes wanted to get to because he's seen so many guys over the course of of existence uh just move so easily. So I I actually came away like I came away pretty impressed with the Josie Jewel interceptions, specifically the first one, if I'm being honest.
You're listening to the fastest growing sports media network in Kansas City, KC Sports Network. We'll be back right after this. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network. Sure. I mean, I, that, that's exactly what happened. I mean, the first one, the the process is completely sound. He's moving Josie Jewell and then he's throwing the ball up the seam. And if it hits Kelsey, he's behind Jewell and he's got 10 yards at a full head of steam for safety one-on-one, right? I mean, like the process of that first one was, was completely sound. It was a good play by the linebacker, but this is where you would really like Mahomes to notice that Josie Jewell never flips his hips. He never closes his hips off to the middle of the field. That right there is a dead giveaway that he is still playing it. If you want to go see a guy get moved, he's going to open his hips up to the sideline because a little bit, not all the way, but he's going to start to angle that way because he's anticipating turning and going to make a play over there. Josie Jewell just slides and it was like a step and a half, but he never closed his hips off to the middle of the field. He clearly knew that Kelsey was coming up to see him. And yeah, he, he baited Patrick Mahomes and made a great play on it. Like give him credit. It was just still a bad decision to fit it in there when Josie Jewell did not, did not abandon the area. Right. Like, I don't want to take anything away from Josie Jewell because it was a great play. I think the process was sound. He just got outplayed. And this is where this is one situation where, hey, you want to pay a little bit more attention to what a Justin Herbert or a Joe Burrow do? Because they don't, they do, they see every single defender and how their body changes. They, I mean, I don't want to say that they're better than Mahomes, but they would not see a they would see a linebacker's hips not turned and think he's still in the play. Like that is very much how they play quarterback. Mahomes would Mahomes yeah. likes to move guys and then fire the ball in behind them. The second pick, the second pick was again a great catch by Patrick Sertan. I don't know what was happening. He tried to throw a jump pass late on a dig over the middle of the field. Like we can call it a great play by Sertan. It was. That throw was terrible though. Like he tried a jump pass while being hit late on a dig route that was open a full second before he threw it. Like that was just a really questionable decision. And then somehow the third one was worse. Mahomes said he tried to burn it. Tried to dirt it, basically. Yeah, that what, yeah. It, yeah. Well, I'm, I, I can maybe. I'll buy that. I can maybe see I that guess. one. Just, but I mean, dirt, dirt it well in front of Patrick. Sir, don't allow that man to get his hands on the ball because he's really good at football. Yeah. I don't know if anybody has seen that this year, but it's he's really it's good. Not, at I think the jump, the, the contact probably threw him off. Yeah, yeah. Maybe. it's not grounding if it's five yards in front of him. You're fine still. Yeah. <laughs> You're right. fine still, Pat. <laughs> So like that's I mean maybe you can half pass it there I maybe you know you go with the jump pass and you're just trying to dirt it because you are late and you know you can't fit it in there and maybe you try to throw it in the dirt you get hit as you throw it and it throws it off like maybe I don't know I still think it was way too close to even try to for comfort there though like nobody okay. should be within diving distance of a ball you're trying to put in the dirt I think that is that's my feeling on that one and the the reason that I think everybody's spending so much time on it not the, not that I think because this is the only third time that Patrick Mahomes has thrown three interceptions yeah. in a regular season game. Like this isn't one that he does very often. He certainly hasn't done it in a playoff game. I don't mean to make it sound like he's, he's out here just putting up turnovers in the playoffs, but we, we don't see it very often from the man. We saw it in 2020 against Miami in a game that he threw for 393 yards. And they, they, you know, end up in that game winning fairly comfortably and Miami comes back a little bit at the end. And then you've got the other one, which was a game that he threw six touchdowns in against the Los Angeles Rams in his you know first year starting where he threw three interceptions there. So it's one of those that's wild because all of these games that Mahomes throws these three pick games, just these monster other stats, just absolutely ludicrous yardage, ludicrous touchdown numbers normally ending up in a win or just the biggest shootout in football history. And just it, it it's crazy to think that as much as he pulls the trigger and as much as he tries, as Maddie's talking about there, moving guys, trying to throw right behind him, fitting those tight window throws, throwing up the crazy stuff that he's doing, that we don't see more of these. And that when we do, it's always in these games that he's got this massive yardage total. The funny thing is, 
Mahomes had 352 yards and three touchdowns surrounding those three interceptions. So it's like he still had a monster game. Monster game. He still had a monster game. He had five guys catch passes 20 yards or longer. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the, the offense the offense had seven explosive plays on the day. That's way more than their than their average on the year. It's, it was it was good. It's insane. I it's just funny, and I think I think there's probably like the the feeling and emotions around this game. I think for some fans, are it, 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 Mahomes doesn't have to care about the MVP, but I know a lot of fans do, and so you know the day that Mahomes throws three interceptions and negates the quote-unquote Heisman moment with the no-look pass. Jalen Hurts is now the odds-on favorite uh, to, to win the MVP award. So, like, I think some of the discourse today might actually be a little bit of just, like, underlying frustration about the MVP award, potentially, too. Like, I, I'm just... I, I could see it. I could see it. I could see that. I think it's solely because they were beating a division <laughs> rival 27 to nothing and three minutes and 50 seconds later, it was 27 to 21. <laughs> like, I, I think it, it comes down to that right there. Just well, allowing. Two incredibly that, bad picks. Two incredibly bad bore. Three and out. Offense, bad pick. Three yeah. and out. Touchdown yeah. drive. Three and out. Interception. That's why it's a big deal is because those all happened back to back to back. The, everything that happened before that, all that good that we're talking about before that no longer matters when you throw two terrible interceptions and then go three and out, three and out, score, three and out, yeah. another bad interception. Like that negates all the good when you're just thinking of it live in the moment or even the next morning. Like I said at the beginning, I think there's plenty of stuff you can go back from this offense and look at and be like, oh, they did some really good stuff. They were really good, and they were doing good stuff when Mahomes wasn't even playing his best football that we've seen this year. He played better last week against the Bengals than he was when they went up 27-0. He was better versus the Bengals than he was during that mm-hmm. with a stretch when they went up 27-0. Travis Kelsey's had his, I would say, two of his harder, worst games of the year back-to-back weeks with the fumble that week and then just a couple drops this week. I mean, he was still fine for the rest of this game, but a couple drops – your two best players on offense, two best players on the team have one of their worst games and you still got up 27 nothing and then it kind of all flapped away. So it's just it's easy to forget how good things were going to start despite that. Despite your two best players not playing their best football, it's easy to forget that that was there. So that's why I don't think you can burn this tape. I think the Chiefs did some nice things on offense and on defense. I just think they also did some really 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 bad stuff. And just really untimely you know, just moments too. By the way, if you're watching, thank you all so much. Please hit that like button. Please hit the subscribe button. Uh, leave some comments if you like. Uh, we're going to be handing out uh, a ga- the, the comment section hands out a game ball uh, every single week after this. So we're going to be doing that here quite shortly. In fact, it's time for st- spirits, slaps, and spirits. No, it's... St- <laughs> you know what? Yep. Uh, listen, when when you Stickers, get this right, when you when you get this right on the first time, because we can always feel you leading into it, buddy. Like it just okay. I know, I know the three things. I just got to get the order right when you're when you're going into it every week. <laughs> I don't think I, I did this time, <laughs> and so you're leading into it. Like you're you're gonna get it right one of these times, and Maybe. at that point, I'll be old and dead. But you're going to get it right, buddy. I promise. So you'll be a spirit or a slap or a spirit. I, I'm going to be a spirit that slaps you, buddy. <laughs> With a sticker. With a sticker. <laughs> Stickers, slaps, and spirits time. Uh, I'm giving my helmet sticker to Brandon Williams getting a half sack yesterday and making his impact felt in his first game as a Kansas City Chief. There's my helmet sticker. Uh, Maddie. Oh, we're going slaps next. Um, always do ooh. every time. Uh, slapping a good job. Here we go. I don't know where I want to go with this. I say Pacheco for finishing the game strong. Um, he was losing some snaps to Jarek McKinnon in the second half. Thought it was a little odd. Even though I guess the Chiefs were still trying to throw it, but he comes back on the final drive. There, he ices the game. I, I mean, I think it's pretty clear he's their best runner. They figured out how to run with him. He runs hard. He runs downhill. He looks very unfun to tackle. So they got that going for him. Like it looks really like it's not a he lot looks, of fun. And then he looks unfun to help up. 
if you're one of his teammates. <laughs> yeah, he hops up and just takes off running like an emu again. It's it's something. And like it's just it, it's aggressive. It does not look like fun. And then like I would hate to tackle him, then have him jump up and just sprint by me a hundred miles an hour again for no reason, like every single time. So yeah, so we'll, we'll give him a butt every, slap. I, I gotta catch him first. Every run's a first down with Isaiah Pacheco. Makes me laugh. <laughs> it's true. He finishes. Listen, EB is just out here loving every single one of those. He gets tackled. He gets up. And guess what? I'm gonna finish this run. I'm not done yet. No. Whole ass bottle of vodka goes to Trey Smith. If if Trey Smith didn't have the game that he was cleaning Justin Simmons's clock as repeatedly as he was, I would have watched the Isaiah Pacheco video 500 times today. But instead, I watched Trey Smith pull out on a screen and level Justin Simmons over and over and over again reads the blitz that's my favorite part and you know that brandon thorne pointed it out you know it reads the blitzer sees him coming is just like hey buddy go right on by and gives him a little pat on the ass and then gets out into the flat and just levels just just an awesome job by trey smith whole ass bottle of vodka for him this week uh game balls i'm looking to try to see if i can find a game ball uh we'll go willie gay saw some comments for willie gay so uh, I think that's fair. An incredible interception, very athletic play. Uh, that was uh, the indomitable email. Uh, I don't know who that is. That's that Isaiah, Isaiah Pacheco. Pacheco. Is that is that his new nickname? I mean, Thanks for listening to the show, buddy. Jeez, <laughs> man. <laughs> and that's going to do it for Ken Swanson. That's going to do it for the KC Laboratory. Bye. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Don't forget to hit that follow button and leave us a review if you like what you heard and think others would as well. You can find all six of our channels at KCSN, covering the Chiefs, the Royals, Sporting KC, and the KC Current, plus KU, K-State, or Mizzou by searching KCSN wherever you listen to podcasts. We're also on YouTube. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.